Welcome to the House of Lee NYC. Come on in, meet regular folks doing interesting things, and get tips for resourceful living. Hi, I'm Lee. Thank you for stopping by. In today's show, I'm going to go over the initialisms that are included in the term LGBTQ plus community. Now, I got to thinking about this because I met Beatrice Reynoso. She's a high school educator and co-host of the Problematic or Not podcast. She, when I met her, she had said to someone, oh, and what pronoun do you use? And it just lifted off her tongue as though she were just saying hello and I thought hmm interesting maybe you're like me and you have a few gay friends and that's about it but as we all know more and more folks are coming out and identifying as more than just male and female and so I wanted to get an understanding of the current initialisms that are out there you know the letters that make up the initials of LGBTQ plus for example I don't know what the plus is do you and so Beatrice who is knowledgeable about this topic was more than willing to share her knowledge with us I'll also share and tell you what I learned when I spoke to the Gay Men's Health Center here in New York City. Why? Because it's time. It's time that even if you and I, we only have a few gay friends and that's about it, it's time that we figure out and learn what's what else is out there for folks. Also in this episode, you'll learn about my favorite bathroom gadget and my New York City hotspot. Later, I'm going to give you more details about Cast Shop NYC, the one-day hands-on podcasting workshop I'm co-hosting in October. Beatrice, welcome. Hi, Lee. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) Me too. So Beatrice is here to explain based on her experiences and as an educator what's going on and what we might have to consider or should consider uh, saying when we're introduced to folks, right? Yeah. So I am a cishet person. So I am uh, cisgendered, which means that I identify with the gender that I was assigned at birth, which is female or women. And I am heterosexual because I am attracted to uh, men, right? So a lot of what I've learned has been through my experiences just as an ally, I would say, or someone who's working on being an ally. So I do want to make it clear that I'm not a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, I'm only speaking based on my experiences and the things that I know. So let's break that down. You just said a whole bunch. I bet we could talk for a couple of hours (laughs) just based on what you said. So let's back up cisgender yes how do you spell that and what do you know that to mean so cis is spelled c-i-s and gender right so like g-e-n-d-e-r as i stated before it's just you know you the gender which with in with which you identify is the same as the gender you were you identify you were assigned at birth so when i was born they looked at my genitals and said hey it's a girl and I grew up and I was like, I'm a girl, right? And we know that there are some people who don't identify with the gender that they were assigned at birth, right? And we, uh, a lot of times, we, well, we refer to them as transgender people, right? So your high school students, are they coming to you or do you notice that they have concerns or questions about their identity? So um, I don't think they really talk 
uh, like come to us because of the fact that I think for a lot of them, this is still very new. I mean, I teach in the South Bronx. It's just, you know, a lot of the ways in which they are raised sometimes, they don't have these kinds of conversations. So a year ago and the year before that, my co-teacher in our science class, we were teaching a health curriculum and health in New York City now is trying to be a lot more inclusive so we were required to teach this kind of stuff so we were required to talk about sexuality gender identity gender expression etc what kind of teacher are you what subject so I'm a special ed teacher and um, I'm in an ICT setting which means I move around in different subjects but for the past three or four Four years, I think three years, I've been pushing into or I've been co-teaching a science, ninth grade science class. And ICT stands for? Integrated co-teaching. So it is a mixed, so it's a gen ed class with special ed students integrated into the classroom. And there are two teachers in the classroom. And so when you said you were told that you had to teach this stuff, is that what you said? Um, our kids, yeah, we needed a health credit. So we decided to teach a health uh curriculum but uh, what you said the city is leaning toward oh yeah the city is um, requiring that health education be more inclusive and so did they offer you specific workshop professional development yes so my co-teacher went to some workshops and then brought back a lot of the materials and we actually had someone um, from the program that we got the curriculum from to come in and observe us and give us feedback on how we were teaching how our students were responding to it and it was really well I mean the kids had a lot of questions a lot of them always go back to well my parents told me this is a sin and my parents told me this is wrong and and how did the city or the training uh, prepare you to respond to some comments like that so because we are dealing with kids and parents right when it if I if we were outside of that I'd be like well your parent is wrong right but legally I can't do that <laughs> right, so right. Um, what we're supposed to say is just well we're just presenting you with the facts uh, we're not trying to change your opinion but we're trying to expose you to new information and whatever you decide to do with it that's what you decide to do with it but. In this classroom, we respect everyone and we will refer to people by their pronouns. And um, we basically set up, a well, we do set up agreements for every class at the beginning of this curriculum and we refer back to it. And it, we find it to be helpful and we haven't had any major issues, thankfully. So, yeah. And I know Beatrice on a personal level and she's one of the warmest people. So I would imagine kids in her class would just be so lucky to be in that room. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> But now you had just mentioned what I want to touch upon, which I think is very interesting for listeners, the pronoun thing. I talked to you about that before we started recording. And can you take us back to when you first started asking people about their pronoun and how that came about and maybe what you think we should be doing as a more enlightened society now? Okay, so... Um Again, I'm not, I don't identify as a member of the queer community, which is the term that a lot of people use now, right? Um, but I do have a lot of friends in that community. And so when I would be invited to events, there were times where I'd be one of the only cishet people there. Um, and so I kind of just like, through just being exposed to it, accidentally misgendering someone. And, you know, I apologize. I learned from it, thankfully. And, um, after that, I was like, you know what? I should just ask. It's better to ask than to just assume. 
And do I ask every single person? No, I could be much better at that. But I do make it a point to remind myself most of the time, okay, I'm meeting this person for the first time. Until I know their pronoun, I will, you know, use gender neutral terms. So you use the name, you use they, them, you say person, right? Um, Because that's gender neutral. Wait, so give us an example. For instance, it it also depends because some people have their, there are a few people that have their own pronouns. There are some people that have their own pronouns, but usually like they, them is a good gender neutral one. So like I went over to Lee's house and they had me record an episode for their podcast. And how would you translate that using the word person that you just mentioned? Okay, so um, Lee is this person that I met in an event and they decided to interview me for their podcast and I thought why not because I really enjoy spending time with this person right something like that um, or I would say like oh this is my favorite person in the universe so saying like oh um, gender specific it's kind of hard to think on the spot sure. but no, like in the yes, moment yes, yeah. yes well so the interesting thing is grammatically incorrect in our um, language, when when we talk about one person and then we refer to Lee in this example as a they. Well, um, so I wonder what Grammar Girl would have to say about well, that. Well, it's actually starting to be it's become recognized as an acceptable gender pronoun um, and, and that it's not like you can use it to refer to a singular person. Um, and yeah, it can be a little tricky at first, but I always for me, it's just like if I am honoring someone's identity and I'm making someone feel respected and safe that to me is more important sure sure Um, and I'm sure there are times where we're like oh I can't stand their behinds right and sometimes we say they when we're referring to a person and we just don't recognize it so I always say like to me a person's dignity or uh human uh human uh, humanity is more important that's really kind of you yeah are all your friends like that uh I would like to think so. I, I'm very good at like, if you're just not an accepting person, I can't have you in my life. And in fact, when I was dating, I had to really screen a lot of men because I found out that they were like fat phobic, transphobic, homophobic, and, and just so many things. And I can't have that. I don't have space for that in my life. I, I like being a good person. I like having good people in my life. Did you hear that? If you've got toxic negative narrow-minded people in your circle and they're bringing you down say goodbye (laughs) you don't need them (laughs) b says you don't need them and lee agrees yes When I spoke to Cecilia Gentili, the Assistant Director of Policy and Public Affairs at the Gay Men's Health Center, she very patiently explained a few things. So let's start with LGBTQ. When we spoke on the phone, she actually said LGBTQIA. I had no idea what the I or the A stands for, so I'll just start from the beginning. It's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, queer, intersex, and asexual. Miss Gentilly said that intersex stands for a person who was born with an unclear set of genitalia. And since there's no option on a birth certificate for intersex, a person may find out much later in life that his or her parents selected a gender and that gender is the one they feel was the wrong choice currently. Miss Gentilly told me that the term transsexual is a prehistoric word for transgender. It is generally known that transsexual as a term should not be used in this country unless 
asked to use it by a self-identified transsexual person. I didn't know that. Did you? Feel free to write in at lee at wleefm.com. You can join my new Facebook group, uh, the House of Lee NYC Facebook group. Let me know. Join. Or you can call 212-655-9840 and tell me what your thoughts are. Then we talked about the term transition. Miss Gentilly said that it can mean the transition from one gender to another, either through hormones or surgery. But... She said, to be trans means to identify with a specific gender. For example, if someone tells you that he is trans male, then he was physically born a girl but identifies with being a man. And whether he has transitioned is an entirely different matter all in itself. When I started to ask about surgery, Miss Gentilly told me that she considered it rude to focus on body parts and that you are who you say you are, which has nothing to do with your body. So it makes sense then to just ask which pronouns a person uses. And that's what I observed Beatrice do without skipping a beat as she introduced herself that day when we met. It's not something that has occurred to me to do, but it does make sense going forward, you know. What is your experience? Do you introduce yourself and then offer a set of pronouns? Or do you ask a person for his or her preferred pronouns? I'd really like to know. And while we're along the lines of reaching out and letting me know things, remember, if you want one of my awesome blue and white show pens, you'll need to reach out to me anyway. And yes, that offer still stands until the end of the month, September 2018. And I'm sure if you randomly reached out to me after that, I, I might say, hey, why not? So <laughs> give it a whirl. Again, you know, I'm not a member of the community, so I don't want to speak for the community. And I make that very clear because as an ally, it's my job to make sure I don't take space or claim knowledge. But I can speak on what I know. And being an ally, is that your word or is that a known term? Um, it's a known term. Also, you you. I also feel weird using ally. Like I'm using it to describe myself just for the sake of the podcast. But it's something that like you don't, it's not a title you give to yourself. It's something that's given to you. Um, but it's to me, it's more of like an, an act, if that makes sense. Like or, an act of kindness or uh, an act of respect. Respect, but also like doing the work to under, like unpack my privilege as someone who is not a member of the queer community, how that affects members of the community and how I can either use that privilege to uplift them, um, how I can make space for people in the community, improve, you know, the lives of member in the com members in the, in the queer community. But um yeah, so it, I say it, but like it's also it's one of those things. Like if you're really an ally, you don't have you don't say it. You just do the work, and and it's something that I'm constantly learning about. I'm not perfect, and no one is, but all we can do is just ask questions. Like, what do you need from me? What can I do? And I think that that's the most important thing. And I actually, have an episode talking about allyship on my podcast. So when it launches, make sure you tune in because we talk about what it means to be an ally and how to help as an ally. Yeah, that's yes, I should say yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard, it's hard to explain. It's a lot. But basically, I just say like, just do what you need to do to help others who are not as fortunate as you are. There's always going to be someone in a who, you know, for the most part, um, that you'll have privilege over. And so and so this is 
in your small way a contribution to society in terms of being kind Yes, this is one small way. Obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a special ed teacher. So I also try to, um, as someone who is able bodied, right, who doesn't have a disability, finding ways to make space and, or, you know, um, uplift and assist people with disabilities. I hate saying assist because that kind of like, it's not the right term. You see, I'm still struggling myself, but to use my privilege in ways that benefit you know, my students. So along those lines, what can we share with listeners in terms of giving them tips Mm -hmm. to make a difference based on what you're saying? What, What do you think are some suggestions we can give to folks? So the main one that I've been saying is definitely, um, ask questions. I think people are afraid to ask questions because they don't like the response. What kind of questions? For me, I always, it, it's hard, but like just ask like, what can I do? You know, how can I be of service, right? Um, or even just like once you know that there are things you can do, like once I knew people have their pronouns in ways they like to identify, in which they like to identify, I ask, what's your pronoun? So now the interesting thing is Beatrice didn't ask me what my pronoun was. So how do you know when to ask about the pronoun. Well, you should ask, but I think just like <laughs> me seeing you online a lot um, because you were very active in a lot of the groups. I was like, okay, <laughs> she, her, but I should have asked and that was my bad. So No, I was just fascinated by the whole thing. I didn't, it didn't even dawn on me that she didn't ask. And that's just the world I live in. There, there are more than 20 years difference between B and uh, me so (laughs) it's very interesting yeah another tip is just really keep an open mind how do we how do we do that in today's climate b oh that's hard i just actively listening i think um if you find yourself judging looking at why am I judging? Why am I having a negative t- reaction to what this person is saying? Is it, does, is it because what they're saying is wrong? Is it offensive? Or is it because I have my own biases? Or because I've been taught by my religion this is wrong, right? So understanding, like, is this coming from a personal issue that I can improve and I can work on, right? And, and I think that most of the times it is. <laughs> um, so yeah, really listening and then, unpacking that judgment and seeing where it comes from I think is very helpful unpack that judgment folks we unpack privilege you know in that way (laughs) so yeah that's amazing and I think that's amazing because it sounds so clear coming from you oh thank you I I try I again I still stumble but yeah I try every day oh my gosh and so B is going to hang out with me for the next few moments as I give out shout outs to remember last week I said I was going to be shouting out and saying hello to listeners in the different countries well I'd like to say hey to Sweden and hello to Germany. Uh, my husband is actually German, so I'm very happy I have listeners. My in-laws, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> Anna in Berlin, hello. Hello. <laughs> 
but I also wanted to reach out to Bob Hong, the travel director at the West Side Soccer League. He came up to me, we were in a meeting, and he said, you know, I've listened to every single one of your episodes. And that was an amazing compliment because if you don't listen to every single one of it, who does that? Like, what I mean to say is someone who comes up and says, I've listened to every single one of them. I can't be that boring. So, Bob, thank you so much. Okay. Next, Cast Shop NYC is my one-day hands-on podcasting workshop here on the Upper West Side in Manhattan on October 25th. Some really talented ladies are joining me as co-hosts and speakers, including Beatrice I mentioned. We're going to help you find inspired action to podcast creation. If it's for yourself or your business, we can help you. So just go to houseofleenyc.com to register. Beatrice here is one of the co-hosts. Yes, I will be there helping to facilitate workshops and we are working on some really awesome swag for y'all. We're going to have a workbook with a lot of resources for you. Please, please come on out. It will be worth the time. And you know what? We picked Thursday because honestly, Thursday is my favorite day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to cancel your weekend plans. That's right. Who wants to eat up a Saturday? Exactly. Not me. (laughs) In other news, my favorite bathroom gadget is something I saw at my sister's house. Maybe you have one of these. Maybe you've seen them, but you've got to go get one. I love it. It's an electronic soap dispenser. Seriously, I love it. I don't have to touch the pump handle that others have touched. You can program the right amount of soap to come out. The batteries last a long time. Well, you know, so far I haven't had to charge it. I've used it for more than a month now. There are even ones that can be recharged with a USB cable. Uh, For me, I thought that would be too cumbersome. But my kid is even more amenable to washing up. I mean, what's not to like about it? And I used a 20% off coupon from Bed Bath & Beyond. So it's, it's, I love it. I can't say enough about it. (laughs) If you have one, let me know. So my hotspot of the week is La Maison du Macaron or La Maison du Macaron. It's the House of Macaron, the French almond flour, egg white, little fluffy sandwiches with the filling in the middle, not the Mountain O coconut. (laughs) Those are macaroons, by the way. This place is at 132 West 23rd Street near 6th Avenue. I love it because it has a charming place to sit, some chairs or sofas, and you can get amazing croissant or cafe au lait. It's it's French, obviously. And it's just it's a it's a French pastry place. It's yummy. I can't say enough about it. I go there sometimes after a bike ride in the city or before even. <laughs> And if I'm just in the neighborhood, I love it. It's charming. You should check it out. Definitely. Uh, Their website is nymacaron.com. I'll put that in the show notes. So hopefully if you go, you'll let me know how your visit was. Do you think we've covered everything on? Um, I think we covered what we could have covered. I think there's so much in this. There's a larger conversation to have, but I think with where I stand and what I know, I think that we're we're good. 
Okay, yeah. great. So remember, houseoflynyc.com for the show notes and for Cast Shop NYC. It's going to be so much fun. It is. We can't wait to see you there. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps up this episode of the House of Lee NYC. Thank you so much for stopping by. Take care. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>